Moncrief on News Talk. Time for TV on the radio. TV on the radio. Roll it there, cadet. Hey, how you doing? Bazinga. Well, I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. One for everybody in the audience. It's going to be legendary. You just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What can I help you with, Machine? What's well, Andrew? He's uh, he's still doing the uh, the eye blinking thing. Oh, right. Well, Mike, I mentioned to your ex-husband, ticks are very common in young boys. Mm-hmm. Most grow out of them, and we normally don't treat them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, it's just his his father, my son Kevin. He. I don't know how much you know. Well, he took his own life. It'd be two years in February. I'm so sorry. It's just my ex-husband and I were concerned that these ticks, um, we don't know if it's a genes thing, you know, if it's passed down. That's Mayor of Easttown. It's running on Mondays at 9pm on Sky Atlantic and uh, you can watch back all the episodes on demand. James Dempsey joins us once again. Good afternoon, James. Good afternoon to you, Sean. Uh, I saw uh, I saw one review in the Irish Times that described this like a, a Springsteen song. Uh, probably not entirely inaccurate. <laughs> that seems actually quite on the money. In fairness, yeah, I wish I'd thought of that line. Um, yeah, like I, I, I have to admit, I, I, when I looked into sort of the background of this show, there wasn't an awful lot uh, I knew about anybody in it except for the principal cast, because the you know the the writer of the show, uh, a guy named Brad Inglesby, the only kind of big uh, title of his that I could find is a, a movie. I think it's like a basketball movie with Ben Affleck called The Way Back from maybe two years ago, which mm. I've never seen. Um, and then the director is this guy named Craig Zobel and uh, he his name immediately didn't come to mind but he does have some credits that I had seen if anyone has seen um, Compliance which is this great film with Anne Dowd who's Aunt Lydia in uh, in um, The uh, Handmaid's Tale, Tale where yeah. she where she is uh, sort of, she influences this uh, employee. It's a really, really excellent film. And he has also directed these other episodes of The Leftovers and Westworld. And while I'm a bit cool about The Leftovers, about Westworld, they are really, you know, big, big titles that have huge critical darling followings. Mm. So I sat down to watch this and um, I liked it. Definitely, I liked it. I think what I like most about it is, despite the fact that it's kind of nothing you haven't seen before. Um, it's still very, it's just executed really, really, really well, right? Because you have Kate Winslet playing this detective. Her name is Mayor Sheehan. She's living in um, a suburb of, of Philadelphia called Easttown. And she is like a lot of, like a lot of t- uh, you know, TV or movie directors or detectives rather, um, a bit, you know, a bit hard strung and miserable and life is not going as well as it could be. She's she's divorced. She's a bit heavier than she was when she was a star athlete. Uh, she's been struggling to solve this case. Her her husband, her son, as we heard there, has uh, suffered, you know, had, had a very difficult life. She's a grandmother to uh, a, a grandson she's extremely concerned about. And now this second case pops in, you know, falls into her uh, purview and she has to try and solve it. And you know, a, a hard up detective is, is nothing particularly new or novel, right? I mean, to be honest with you, a detective with a happy family life <laughs> would be like a break from the tradition. So that wasn't really what uh, what is particularly striking about it. What is, I think, really charming about the show is despite the fact that it has all of this darkness and misery and small town angst and kitchen sink like sadness, 
there are times where it is actually incredibly funny. I would say mm. um, there's great interplay between Kate Winslet and Jean Smart. So Jean Smart is playing her mother. She uh, She's, again, uh, like hard up, difficult, uh, angry, uh, you know, hard to live with mother who moved in to solve a crisis. And uh, she shows all of the wonder that she did in Watchmen, where she is this incredibly uh, gruff, but but straightforward, straight down the line uh, mother figure who can deliver fantastic comic lines. Then what I also really liked about it is the mystery here involves the death of this young teenage girl. And that's also nothing new, right? We've had like, you know, who killed Laura Palmer way back when in the 90s, right? There, you know, there, there have been countless detective shows where there have been where there has been this girl killed. And it's actually, in fact, become this somewhat problematic trope that we always see these young white women that are murdered for the sake of the plot. And what I really especially liked about the first episode of this is the script and the direction uh, establishes extremely well who our victim is. I mean, we get a full episode of who she is, uh, the difficulties in her life, the sort of things she aspires towards. They really flesh her out as a Mm. human being before, I mean, unfortunately getting rid of her at the end. And it actually adds such potency to the sadness of the death of this young woman because we got to know her and we got to like her before it happens. So I thought that was incredibly clever. The other thing I thought that was really clever about it was There's loads of exposition like there is in any kind of show, but a lot of it is done through actual kind of inference, really. So, uh, you know, we, we, we pick up various details as we're going through in a way that other shows would sort of, you know, just plop them straight in front of you. This is the kind of show that actually if you are second screening at the same time, you're going to be lost in a couple of episodes time yeah. because they will reveal things that have happened. And you'll be like, what? Hang on. You'll have to go back and read the Wikipedia, essentially. But all in all, I thought it had excellent casting right i mean these are all like you know the entire cast is people who are who are award winners of some kind whether it be emmy tony even i think kate winslet has a grammy <laughs> but um but basically everyone in it has just real pedigree that it just cannot fail and the other thing that i also liked about it is when i was reading it reading up about the backstory everyone on the cast seems to be absolute best friends, right? Kate Winslet is really, really good friends with Julianne Nicholson, uh, who plays her friend in the show, Laurie, whose husband is the godfather to Kate Winslet's son. She's incredibly close to Guy Pearce, who she won an Emmy with for Mildred Pearce about 10 years ago. And so much so that when um, production went down in March and they brought it back in September of 2020 to refilm it, the cast actually lived together in a house. And and they get on so well that they were, you know, the whole time practicing their bizarre accent, which is the other big discourse thing about this show, right? That Philadelphia has this very unique accent called the Delco accent. And I have to admit, I had read so much about it that I, when I went into the show, I was expecting it to be, you know, this, <laughs> this Weirder than it incredibly is. raw. Yeah. Yeah, weirder than it is. To be honest, it was a few odd sounding O's to me. But mm. but um, my my reading up on it is that everyone in in the state of uh, of Pennsylvania is so incredibly impressed with these weird sounding O's that uh, really Kate Winslet did her homework exceptionally well. Yeah, I I must say yeah, I I watched three episodes of it. I found it uh, incredibly. Um... Uh, convincing uh, it really does feel like a small town and, and and especially Kate Winslet's character is a detective but she's going around you know she's being called hither and yon by people who all know her on a first name basis to uh, to people's houses over nonsense crimes or crimes that mightn't have 
taken place at all. The only thing I thought was maybe a bit off was, you know, the way they brought in this out-of-town detective who's supposedly helping her, but he seems to be a complete dope. Uh, and <laughs> she, like she's explaining basic police work to him a lot of the time. Exactly. So she, he, he's Evan Peters, who, uh, you know, he's like, if people don't know his name, he they definitely know his face because he just pops up in lots and lots of things. Most he was in American like, Horror Story, one of my daughters. In American Horror Story, yeah, yes. And she's and, in love with him, apparently. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and most recently, uh, he was in WandaVision as well. But um, all in all, I, yeah, I think the reason why they introduce him is as a way to sort of move the plot along. Yeah. Right? And what I will say, actually, in fairness to Evan Peters, he does have this wonderful scene in the third episodes where he is absolutely... As drunk as drunk oh, yes. in, in a pub. And better drunk acting I have not seen in a But in also, a yeah, time. but also like, the, the, uh, and I love Kate Winslet, like her ability to just wield a look. Because uh, uh, there's a point, not a spoiler, there's a point he says something to her and she gives him a look. And he goes, I'll go now. Uh, <laughs> I think you know what That's I'm talking about. Right, I we'll, do, I do. we'll move on to our second show of the day. It is Shadow and Bone, all episodes of season one now streaming on Netflix. Here's a clip. The Lucky Nine Casino at the block has had trouble with counterfeit coin lately. Heavy, but brittle. Oh, come on now. I've been here for hours. My money is good, no? Zemini coin can take a bullet, but the knockoff. Busted. What does that prove? Hey, wait, what are you doing? Get off me! Right, okay, that's uh, Shadow and Bone. We're in kind of fantasy territory here, James. Definitely. And this is a bit of an odd one as well, right? Uh, I think this is kind of like the uh, the antithesis of, of Mayor of Easttown because Mayor of Easttown takes very established things and, and yet executes them very well. And for me, this takes very established things and doesn't quite execute them as well as it could or certainly doesn't do anything particularly novel or new with it. So it's this... Um, fantasy world and it's created by a writer it's set in this whole series of books by this uh, israeli american writer named lee bardugo and she created this original trilogy and i think there have been two separate duologies and more to come and it's set in this fictional world and the fictional country of ravka and everything is sort of stylized in an imperialist russian style of production and certainly that is novel i mean we don't i mean we see an awful lot of medieval uh, kind of steampunk weirdness in these fantasy shows and it's rare you see like a <laughs> St. Basil's Cathedral popping up in the background and that's kind of vaguely what you're getting here mm. and um, into this fray comes uh, so into this country of Ravka which is at war uh, you know uh, both internally and externally there's this huge like shadow world that's called the fold and it is this huge basically shadow land where monsters are are uh, you know going around killing people left right and center and it is uh, such a hugely divisive part of the country and its lore that um they they dream of this savior um, uh, appearing who will have the power to wield light and cast away the shadows into that comes alina our uh, cartographer and can you guess where this is going of course you can because does she uh, suddenly appear to have the magic of light yes she does she is a grisha which is in this this in-world version of magic and uh, what you get is this fairly by the book 
fairly like by the numbers uh, kind of hero's journey fantasy where you have this female you know this female character who has made does she have this incredible power yes she does will she struggle to wield it absolutely will there be handsome men who will pull her in two directions romantically you betcha right and with that uh, it is a fairly by the numbers version of that and i can't say it broke away from that mold at any point right okay it's, it's based on a series of books is it Absolutely, yeah, sorry. Based on a series of books by Lee Bardugo, yes. And so we have, uh, the main character is Alina. She's played by Jessie May Lee. Uh, is an actress I'm not particularly familiar with. And for me, this is not going to be some great starring turn for her. The biggest uh, the biggest name, I would say, amongst the sort of principal cast is um, Ben Barnes, who plays General Kirigan, who, uh, who wields the power of, who wields, uh, power I, I still after eight episodes could not quite get to grips with it seemed to be shadow dives or shadow acts I, I couldn't yeah. quite uh, figure out what it is but um, he he's in there as well and basically I mean for me it feels it, it's every imaginable archetype right you have this kind of hero girl who has this incredible power and she's got this friend who uh, will they won't they they've had this you know this sort of <laughs> weird you know quasi familial but also now romantic love going on between them since they were growing up in a, an orphanage in 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 some miserable town in this miserable country and they are pulled apart by by circumstance and all it, it all just was there was just nothing new or novel to it, despite it all being new and novel. I mean, in this, this was a new set, a new fantasy world to explore. But I, I have to admit, it, it seems like a, you know, a washed up kind of tired, same old, same old mm. thing that I've seen a million times before. I appreciate that in the kind of the vacuum left by the end of of Game of Thrones, every streamer wants to find that new kind of thing, right? That new fantasy world that that can. Um, that can sort of bewitch the viewing public in the way that Game of Thrones did. But Game of Thrones uh, was a really adult, violent, miserable show. And and uh, it established its world through kind of very, like through being both incredibly funny and incredibly viscerally violent. Yeah. And to me, this was sort of like a kind of, like a kind of fantasy Bridgerton, right? Like, and I don't, you know, I, <laughs> Bridgerton was a fantasy Bridgerton. <laughs> well, true, but and I don't want to like, I, I don't want to sound like I'm just talking down stories of female heroes. I'm not. It's just that this was a fairly by the book ordinary show, and and the the re only reason that I think it got any kind of uh, presence really at all was this sort of Netflix effect where they put mm. things in front of you and we're sort of used to scrolling into them and we'll give them a go. Right. Anyway, we'll move on to our final show. Speaking of uh, female heroes and familiar territory, here's a show that James Dempsey's never reviewed before. It's RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, a new episodes weekly on WOW Presents Plus. Here's a clip. Yeah. I was born in Melbourne. We moved around a lot. You know, I've lived on a, a mission in WA for like 12 months. What's the mission? The best way to describe it was like back in the day, it was like a concentration camp for black people. One thing that I've struggled with like throughout my life is um, my connection to my culture. It was one of those things that I didn't like because it made me stand out. Each town, like on the outer edges of that town would be missions where the black people would live and they weren't allowed to go into town. You needed permission to leave the mission. I never really had to worry about people getting to the fact that I'm gay because the first thing they saw was the color of my skin. So that was their first point of attack. That's RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, uh, new episodes weekly on WOW Presents Plus. RuPaul, James, must be like a zillionaire <laughs> at this stage of the game. 
I mean, I, I've, like, I've taken to calling it the RuPaul's industrial complex because, yes. um, because I, I honestly don't know when there is going to be a week this year when there isn't going to be like a new episode of, of RuPaul. We had a, a new series began a season, I think it was, I want to say season 13 began in the US on New Year's Day. It just came to an end two weeks ago. In fairness, we had one fallow week and now we're back down under. But in the meantime, we've also had uh rupaul's drag race uk <laughs> and coming very shortly down the to pipeline is uh, well is drag race espana we've had last year drag race netherlands and there's also a couple of seasons of drag race thailand so there you know basically if you are a drag race fan there's enough out there for you to watch not to mention <laughs> not to mention all of the old series and the forthcoming both all-stars season maybe i want to say season four but it could be five and then there's also going to be an international all-stars as well so look in fairness to rupaul she knows what she's doing she's she's making the money and uh and she she's on to a winner i mean this is a big international format at this point and and i mean i you know i was trying to think i i've I have, I definitely have talked about the show on your on on this slot before, but um, it is a long time, definitely, since I did it for the first time, and since then this empire has only grown bigger. Oh, right? mushroomed, yeah, completely. absolutely mushroomed into the sense, into the sense of not only just providing. Like, I mean, this is on a specific. <laughs> this is on, this is presented on a on a subscriber package alone. I mean, you are basically subscribing to an, a, a Netflix, a RuPaul's Netflix, basically, in order to watch Is that them. what WoW Presents Plus is? Or, or that I've is never heard what of WoW Presents Plus is. For, the, for, a, for a fee of just 40 euros a year, you can watch all of the drag races from all over the world uh, to your heart's content. Oh, right. Okay. My That's recommendation a... is find a friend who has it and get them to share their passwords. <laughs> right. Uh, that's our last James Dempsey. Uh, thanks a million. As ever, you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break back in a couple of minutes. Moncrief on News Talk.